You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. That's the way we go, people. It's welcome to Geekiest Show Ever, episode 151, and that much-promised and much-anticipated three-way between Mark, Mike, and myself ain't going to happen this week, folks. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, Mark was busy with himself and uh, wasn't able to participate in the... Th- oh, that didn't sound good. No, did that did not sound good. <laughs> Mark is busy because of school. Uh, he's, uh, it's winter, remember folks, it's winter for him down under, and he's, uh, still pursuing his, uh, university degree, and it's near the end of a quarter or semester, I don't know what he's on, and, uh, he's got midterms, finals, and reviews, and all kinds of good stuff, so he's busy. So we'll tease yet again, there will be, uh, there will be the three-way, it will happen, um, we did get some good feedback from Dorothy, who said she was very happy to hear that Mike was going to be a much more regular participant in the show. Ooh, I like being regular. Being regular is always good. <laughs> and we almost stumbled into a certain subject there, yeah, but we're, we'll, we'll back out. We'll back out and walk away from that. Okay. Um, but, uh, so it's just Mike and I this week, and we've got a couple topics we think you'll enjoy, and and uh, that could spawn off into almost anything, as you know, that we tend to do occasionally. But, uh, you know, not that we go down any rat holes, ever. Not that we take uh, yeah, uh, mental meanderings across the Internet here and end up God knows where. Oh, yeah, really. Well, the, this has been a busy week for me. I've been traveling quite a bit. Uh, I took a family vacation and went down to the Great Smoky Mountains in Tennessee, which is an interesting place to go. I don't know. Mike, have you ever been down that way? No. Um, I've never been down south. I, I don't travel much. This vacation of which you speak, is this something where people uh, uh, go away from the place that they normally reside and work and, and they do things they normally wouldn't do and enjoy themselves? Uh, that's the theory behind it, yes. Hmm, I should try that sometime. Yes. Um, hmm. But this is... Uh, we went back down to the Smokies again. We, we did some different stuff. We went up to... The highest point in the Smoky Mountains, um, which was really kind of interesting because our cabin was up kind of high. It was high enough that it was several degrees cooler than it is down in town. And then we went up to uh, what's called Newfound Gap, uh, which is where the main road crosses the Smokies over into North Carolina. And uh, that's at about 6,500, a little over 6,500 feet up uh, above sea level. And it was a fair bit cooler up there gorgeous drive thick thick dense and when i say dense i mean really dense woods i mean so dense that on a bright sunny day it's, your headlights still will come on in places is this like mark green tree dense uh no it's not quite that dense okay <laughs> but it's dense woods and very old woods too um but we're up there you can actually stand in tennessee and north carolina at the same time uh, right on the state line, it run the Appalachian Trail, which traverses the Appalachian Mountains from north to south, from Maine to Georgia, uh, crosses there. And then we went on up to a place called Klingman's Dome, um, which is Klingons. Uh, yeah, well, that's for Mark. Klingon, <laughs> okay, okay. Klingons Dome. Uh, <laughs> but uh, and we went up there, and it was even cooler up there. Yeah, it was actually ended up being almost twenty degrees difference between town and there. And we were at about 65, 6,600 feet up 
in the mountains there. And it was absolutely amazing. On a really clear day, you can see eight different states from up there. Hmm. Okay. So it, it's really kind of cool. I mean, you can see, uh, let's see, Tennessee, North Carolina, Virginia, Kentucky, Georgia. I can't remember the other three now. I should, but I can't remember. But that's a lot of states to see from just one place. So yeah, you, you could you could drop a bomb there and wipe out a lot. Uh, actually, no, because there's nothing around, and that and that, oh. that, that, <laughs> that brings back the reason I the part of the reason I brought the topic up was the fact that um, where we stayed, there was almost no cell service. It was one of those things where you kind of had to walk out of the had to walk out of our cabin and kind of walk around. And occasionally I'd get cell service, and sometimes I wouldn't. It couldn't find the network, AT&T anyway. But then I have a MiFi, uh, you know, portable hotspot that's on Sprint, and it did get service up there. Not full-strength signal, but it, they have better coverage, apparently. Because I could see an antenna that was probably as the crow flies about two miles, maybe three miles away. So you could, I could get that. But I had very limited bandwidth. Matter of fact, Mark and I tried to do a Skype call uh, uh, so I could give him a tour of the cabin uh, that we were staying in. And that worked out kind of interesting. He had to shut off his video for it to be sufficient bandwidth. So he could see me, but I couldn't see him or uh, him or his wife or his kids. We were talking and chatting um, as I gave them a tour around the cabin. They said... When I went out the front door, they said, where is everything? I said, it's right there. That's the road. That's the woods. <laughs> there isn't much else. <laughs> no, I've seen pictures, and uh, I've never been there. But, yeah, I, uh, a lot of trees, a lot of hills, mountains, uh, uh, rugged country. You know, someplace, well, I, I suppose similar to uh, South Dakota Black Hills, except more and bigger. Yeah, well, you should. You would be right at home down there, because you're, aren't you Scotch-Irish? Yes, All right, partially. Well, there's a lot of Scotch. A lot of the Scotch people settled down. The Scottish settled that area. Ooh. They moved. They came into that area in the late 1700s and uh, early 1800s and settled the area. So you'd be right at home down there. Oh my, uh, yeah. I'm I, I'm a, a Duke's mixture, Scotch, Irish, German. So I cover a fair amount of territory. Yeah. Well, you can go down there. Okay. You can cover even more territory. Mm. <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm trying to make. I'm trying to cover less territory, yeah, uh, size wise. Anyway, you and me both. Uh, that's <laughs> always a goal. As, as as we age, we we tend to cover more territory than we originally intended to. Well, we tend to settle and then we spread <laughs> out. But anyway, yeah. just like the country, we settled, we spread out. So. Yeah, so there we go. We're, we reached maturity now. Yeah, yeah, I don't even know where I want to go with that metaphor. But. Yeah, that's that. Let's not. Yeah, um, let's say we did, but. Uh, I took a lot of tech with me because I knew we were kind of cut off, but I tried to make use of what I could have on, uh, for traveling to entertain my family and also while we were at the cabin because it has satellite TV, which is, eh, is okay. I don't, you know, if that's what the Dish Network is, I no thank you. They can have it. I just assume <laughs> not have TV, then have that. So, because um, it was really a lot of nothing as far as stuff that I would watch. But one of the things that I took to help entertain the family was I bought the Kingston Mobile Light. I think I mentioned that a couple weeks ago. Or, I believe so. Yeah, and I, what I did was I had a whole bunch of movies that I had made legal backup copies of, and 
I copied them off to a uh, 32 gig, little tiny 32 gig thumb drive. Yes, it was an excuse to buy another thumb drive, Mike. <laughs> oh, you don't have enough, Kevin. No, I don't. Okay. But I wa- but I wanted one of those really short ones so it wouldn't stick out real far. Mm. So uh, one of those few times that you don't want something to stick out very far. And then I got a 64 gig uh, SD card, and I put a bunch more stuff on that. And what was nice was I could set that um, uh, in the car, and I plugged it into the cigarette lighter because it only hold about three or four hours on battery. But then everybody in the vehicle that had an iOS device, all the way from my iPad 1 up through the 4th gen iPad, and everything in between, could stream whatever they wanted from that. They could all watch the same thing. They could watch something different. So everybody had their own personal little entertainment system going down the road and coming back as well. You know, I mean, gone are the days of playing uh, license plate bingo and uh, stop, uh, don't make me pull this car over. No, that still happens. Okay. (laughs) Uh, I will pull, don't make me pull this car over. That still happens, unfortunately. But the license plate bingo thing did go away. You know, it was great. Everybody could stream and watch music or video, whatever they wanted. And uh, it was great. You know, it's a seven to seven and a half hour drive for for me. Uh, from here down there, so depending on traffic. And I did discover one amazing thing. It's better to travel midweek to midweek than to travel weekend to weekend like I used to do all the time. Oh, yeah, because everybody and their dog is going somewhere on the weekend. That's exactly right. And we only saw a couple dogs, but we did uh, we did make pretty good time. I've, it's like 400 and, 450 miles, I think, or 430 miles from here to there. So it's not too bad, but uh, it did give everybody a chance to entertain, or it gave everybody a way to entertain themselves as we were traveling down the road, and it stops there. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? No, it's three more. It's two more movies away, or two episodes of SpongeBob, or or actually, what was the most popular was The Big Bang Theory. Mm. They were they were watching The Big Bang Theory a lot. So, uh, oh no, two more episodes. We'll be there. <laughs> Yeah, you don't measure it in time or distance anymore. You measure it in episodes. Yeah, or uh, we'll have a rest stop in uh, one episode. <laughs> yeah, I always uh, we we took a trip when I was uh, oh I don't know a teenager I guess it was, and we drove from uh, South Dakota out to Maine, which was uh, oh it took I I guess two th- probably about three days to drive out there. So it was me, my mom and dad, uh, my sister, her husband, and their two kids all crammed in a station wagon. We didn't kill each other. Came close. Um, But, uh, yeah, you – I don't remember how uh, we entertained ourselves. I think sometimes my mother just said, sit down and shut up. Um, But, um, yeah, we would – I would – and I figured out that – that's when I first learned that if you travel at 60 miles an hour, a mile equals a minute. So then I would just sit there and look at the signs and the the road signs and then it'd say, oh, so many miles. Okay, then it'll be this many minutes. And I just sat there with my watch and, yep, right on time. And, uh, yeah, so that's that's one way that I entertained myself on trips way back when. But And then there's always the good old comic books and everything. But, uh, yeah, I almost wish I was a kid now. There's a lot more stuff to do because now I'm the guy driving the car. Yeah, you and me both. I drove all the way both ways. Um, I, I'm, I can't, see, I can't read. What I, I can't do anything but ride, 
sleep or drive. Because if I try to do anything else, I'm going to be blowing cat chow chunks everywhere. Because <laughs> I get car sick if I try to do anything else while I'm moving. I've, I've never had that problem. It kind of freaks people out when I'm driving and I go to sleep. But uh, uh, that makes people a little bit nervous. Uh, it that, does. Therefore, that's why I don't like driving. Yeah, no, I, I understand the family gets upset when I fall asleep at the wheel. But you <laughs> well, know. see, that's why I want the uh, Star Trek transporter. I just want to beam from here to there. I don't want any of this stupid travel stuff. Or I want to become independently wealthy and hire somebody to drive drive me, so I can sit back there sleep or do whatever. Yeah, that would be. Or I liked if I could be independently wealthy enough, I would be okay if I could afford my own private jet. To fly me where I want to be. I could even live with that amount of time used for travel because I'd get one of those nice jets with the big, huge, like lazy boy recliner seats in it, so I could crawl in, have a you know, have a nice glass of uh, of uh, whiskey, chill out, go to sleep, wake me up when we get there, Jeeves, you know, that type of situation. And I would be the one sitting there going, "We're going to die." Uh, I've I've flown a few times. Uh, um, I've done it. I guess I would do it again. It's not my most favorite thing. Uh, what I uh, we watch? Uh, oh, I forget which TV channel it was. I want to say uh, Home and Garden TV. No, it wasn't them. Oh, I forgot which channel it was. Anyway, they had uh, some uh, RVs on there that uh, the super RVs that they call them that the sides extend out, and the top will go up, and uh, that would be kind of my dream thing. Would be to have uh, one of those things that you could just travel in style, and you just you know, hire somebody to drive it, and I could just sit back there with my computer and uh, you know a good old MiFi or you know something that uh, so I could always be on the internet, and we'd be traveling down the road, and maybe have a nice window I could look out and watch the scenery zip by as I. Um, chatting with people or you know, doing something on my MacBook or maybe with my tablet or something like that. Uh, that'd be my kind of dream way of traveling is just uh, uh, cross-country like that and just uh, being able to chill out and not have to worry about the, the driving part or uh, negotiating traffic or any of that. Yeah, I've you know, I've actually looked. I love to watch those shows called – one of them's called Extreme RV. That's yeah. the one that has a – the the hugely expensive the most of the cheapest RVs you usually see on that show are like uh, seven fifty to about nine hundred fifty thousand dollars and then they go on up to you know a million million and a half for something you're driving down the road so I've seen those but I've also priced out RVs because I thought I wanted one until I thought about the fact of the my family of five spending you know a week or two in a space the size of a tour bus or something like that even with the slide outs as you talked about and all that i don't know i'm afraid five would leave and only maybe two or three might come back (laughs) (laughs) yeah it might be a little tough um yeah, and we've gone to the, the state fair, and uh, we've gone through, and they all have the uh, lineup of RVs out there. We've gone through those, and some of them look kind of neat, and you know they're not the super expensive ones, but they're still pretty good. They got the the pop out or, or the slide out sides and a lot of that stuff. And, um, and I've looked at it, and thought you know it might be kind of interesting to have something like that, like a uh, you know a big old. And I have traveled in a Winnebago, uh, I guess once, and it was kind of a neat way to travel. That uh, again, somebody else could drive. You could sit back there around the table and do some stuff with people uh it was kind of interesting and I've, I've looked at those and i think they'd be kind of neat uh and i kind of envisioned maybe my wife and i uh traveling uh around with one of those or something like that and um 
the thoughts crossed my mind, but you know, that's a lot of money. We'd have to have a place to park it, and we'd have to. There's upkeep, and I'm again, yeah, I'm Scotch. I'm kind of cheap. I just, I don't know. I just can't quite bring myself to do something like that. Yeah, like I said, I've always thought that's what I'd want to do. I'd want to travel like that, but I don't know. I, I, I waver back and forth on it. Um, I mean, I know people. Uh, well, I don't know anymore because I think they've passed on or they're too old to do it. But I knew people that were permanent full-time RVers. They uh, they they went to Florida and Arizona, you know, and, and Texas and stuff in the winter, and then they'd go up to come up to the northern half of the country uh, for the summer, and then go back down as soon as the cold weather set in because they didn't want to be in the cold weather. But I don't know. You know, we did kick around the idea. I don't know if you remember we talked. Uh, I can't think of who all we got in on. There were a bunch of us that talked about it, about renting an RV and driving across country to uh, Macworld, remember? Oh, yeah, I think I do remember that. It was a uh, year or two ago or something like that. And Yeah, you could swing up and you know, kind of pick us up, maybe drop down. And uh, Mark Shepard, I think, was kind of part of that. And I don't know, maybe we're going to get Julie and uh, Kirshen and Yeah, and uh, I think, um, who else was it? Somebody, oh, uh, Michelle. Uh, and now I can't think of Michelle's last name. Country signs. Uh, <laughs> and she's going to shoot Lopez. Sorry, I couldn't think of it for a long time. Uh, her and I think uh, Steve Stanger even jumped in there at one point. <laughs> and then uh, BJ Wanlin and a, a whole bunch of people that we know. Tim uh, Timothy Gregoire. He wanted to. He wanted to join in. We were going to have a whole herd of people piled in that RV going cross country. Made me think of uh, you know the uh, Partridge family bus more than an RV. Oh my! Well, and one mode of transportation I have considered. Uh, I mean, it would be a few hour drive, but uh, up in Fargo, North Dakota, the Amtrak train goes through there. Um, and Julie uh, Keel, um, my uh, podcasting co-host on uh, Sci-Fi Tech Talk, she took a train to from Fargo to Chicago, I think it was, for a Word, uh, WordPress conference down there a, a few weeks ago. Now, the only thing was, though, she said the trains, uh, you don't exactly set a watch by them. You may not even be able to necessarily set a calendar by them. I don't know if it was that bad or not, but they're, they're the schedules are a little sketchy sometimes you show up and you may have to wait before you're bored but you know that seemed like kind of an idea just uh get on a train and because it kind of goes through north dakota and montana and i don't know exactly where it ends up but uh you know that is kind of a uh an interesting way to do it and it would only be about three hours for us to get get to the train so that wouldn't be so bad well now i don't know if the listeners remember but it's been just over two years ago I took the Amtrak train from Washington, D.C.'s Union Station to Orlando in Florida. Uh, it's a 19-hour train trip, um, and I rented, instead of just getting a seat, because I didn't want to sit up all night long, you know, and whatever, I got what was called a, I think they called it a, they call, Amtrak calls it a roomette. It's basically two seats in a little compartment where you have your own sink and your own toilet. So that, uh, you know, you're, you've got some privacy. Of course, if one person wants to use the toilet, unless you're really friendly or comfortable, the <laughs> other person usually steps out, you know, of the compartment. Uh, the uh, And then at night, the two seats make into a single-width bed. And they're nice, wide, comfortable seats. Uh, and then there's a pull-down bunk from the top 
that you can pull down so both people can go to, can stretch out and go to sleep. Uh, so it's it's kind of neat. It was neat. And then coming back, I had a slightly bigger one that actually had what would be the equivalent of a little bit bigger than a twin-size bed uh, and had a full bathroom in it. But what they deemed a full bathroom, I'm not so sure. It was okay for a bathroom, but I don't think I'd want to. It had a shower, too. But to try to take a shower in there would have been a challenge because when I walked in, my shoulders were about an eighth or a quarter of an inch from the side. So taking a shower would have been a real challenge. <laughs> you know, it, it's enough of a challenge to use the restroom on a train that's moving, you know, slightly swaying back and forth all the time. That's that's enough of a challenge, let me put it that way. Something about a moving target? Uh, yeah, you eventually learn to go with the sway. And folks, if you go back and listen to a show from a couple years ago, you'll hear Mark and I talk about that. Um, I can't remember what episode it was, but it would be two years ago this past May. Um, but traveling by train is really neat because he and I, Mark and I actually, as I was coming up out of Florida on the way back, uh, I got on Skype with him. Here I am going across Florida at 70 or 80 miles an hour, and we had a video Skype call and I, <laughs> so he could see what it was like on you know an American train. And he said, wow, these are a lot nicer than the... Uh, the uh, uh, the trains that he's used to in Australia for overnight accommodations. So, uh, and I actually looked into taking the train out to MacWorld, but that's a long haul, and I don't think I could do it. Yeah, I don't know how many. I suppose it'd be about a week of traveling, wouldn't it? No, it's uh, three or three and a half days, and for me, I have to go from here up to Chicago, and then I can choose a northern route or a southern route that goes down and across uh, out to uh, San Francisco. But the cost is pretty high. If you, if you don't want just a seat, if you want like a little roomette like I had for the trip, because you're on the train for 30-some hours. So uh, that, I wanted to, you know, you want some privacy at least. And it was, I think it was uh, almost $1,000 each way. Oh, my. Yeah, it's not going to be cheap, I guess, but you know, you're paying to see the scenery. You're paying for a certain amount of comfort, and um, you know, not because it's been long. Well, it's probably been oh, I suppose twenty some years since I've flown. Uh, probably twenty five years ago. Um, so it's been a long time, and it's nothing like it is now, where you got to you know be almost strip searched and body cavity searched and everything. And you know, <laughs> yeah, you make. A, you make real friends uh, just trying to board the plane there, or you have some moments trying to get on the plane. Yeah. I Well, like you, I haven't been on a plane since uh, Christmas of 1986 was the last time I flew. Uh, okay. For me, it was, uh, I think, just uh, about Thanksgiving uh, 1987. We went out to Las Vegas for a uh, NFO, that's a National Farmers Organization convention out there. And, um, yeah, we, we flew out there, and we flew from Sioux Falls to Denver and then Denver to Vegas. And, uh, and that was just shortly after there had been a plane crash at the Denver Stapleton Airport that we were flying into. It was one of those things that the plane had iced up. They hadn't properly de-iced it, and it flipped over on takeoff. And so me, the nervous Nelly that I am, uh, I'm a little nervous about flying in there. Well, from Sioux Falls to Denver, it was a pretty nice, smooth flight. It was all nice. We had a nice plane and everything. You'd look out the window. Well, 
after when we went to leave Denver, we had to switch planes, and the one that we had the you could it was one of those things you could feel the air pressure in the cabin. Um, and then I guess when they take off, uh, because of where that airport was station uh, situated, they had to kind of take off at a steep angle, climb and bank. And like I said, that plane had um, it flipped over on takeoff. So as he's climbing and starting to turn, I'm going, "Oh God, we're going to die!" We didn't, but obviously, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, you know, and me and my overactive imagination, so I kind of white knuckled it all the way out there. And then on the way back, um, again, it was that uh, habit that I picked up when we were traveling out to Maine that I was looking at my watch going, oh, we should be at this point. Well, but going from Denver to Sioux Falls, um, we, we start going down, uh, oh, I don't know, probably about half an hour to maybe an hour earlier than I thought we should be. Well, maybe it wasn't an hour, but it was about a half hour sooner than I thought it should be. And, oh, geez, we're going to go down in the cornfield somewhere. Well, no, apparently when you travel from west to east and you pick up a, um, a tailwind or whatever, you actually go a little bit faster. So we got there quicker than we had uh, gone the other way. So, uh, yeah, but I'm, you know, freaking out the whole way, uh, you know, on that thing. And um, so, yeah, that's and this kind of the joke about that one was we didn't realize it at the time, but my wife was pregnant with our first uh, uh, kid. And uh, we were out there, and she was just, we were out there, and we were going to you know, try and enjoy Vegas, and she just felt kind of crappy all the time. We'll come home, we figure out what that was. So we kid my uh, uh, oldest that uh, he's been out to Sin City, even though he didn't quite realize it at the time. <laughs> no, my last flight, oddly enough, uh, I flew out of Reagan, what's now called Reagan National Airport down in Washington, D.C. I used to fly down because it was really cheap at that time. Like 40 bucks, I could fly down and see my friend. Uh, who lived in Winston-Salem, and that was, you know, a lot less time and effort than it was to uh, drive down there to see him. So I used to fly down regularly on the weekends to see him. But I, and this year, I was that year I was flying down, and I was going to ride back with him he, as he was coming home for Christmas. So I was only going one way. And we flew out of Reagan National. It's in the winter. And this was just a few years after the Air Florida crash where the plane took off from Reagan National and then hit the bridge and went into the Potomac River. Um, so and that didn't really worry me. I wasn't, I mean, because that was a nasty weather day. It was snowing like a like a mother here, and it was ice and everything like that. So a lot of different situations there. But when you take off out of Reagan, they take off pretty steep uh, and turn because they have to stay where they have to fly and over the river and all that kind of stuff. But that flight was so crowded. I mean there was not an open seat on that flight and that was the first time I'd ever been on a plane fully loaded up until that time and folks believe it or not there used to be a time where planes were only like half full when you got on them you know they weren't packed to the gills you could take flights like that because all the flight I had never been on a plane that was fully occupied and it was just it was just claustrophobic I couldn't deal with it and that was the last time I flew I flew that Christmas and I mean and we stopped because I actually flew from Reagan National to, I think it was Newark, New Jersey. I had a layover there for just a few minutes while they, some people got off, some people got on. And then we flew back to Greensboro Airport in North Carolina, which is where my friend picked me up at. But it was, it was just too crowded. I couldn't deal with that, and that was... That was the last time I was on board a plane. I said, nope, Kevin's done. Kevin's over the flying thing. So, and the only way I think I could get back on a plane now is if I could afford to fly first class and not be elbow to elbow with somebody sitting there because of the seats 
on these planes now. Excuse me, the seats on these planes now are only like seventeen to nineteen inches wide, and I mean, that's kind of tight for a guy that's of any size, and you mm-hmm. have hardly any leg room. And I'm not a short guy; I'm not really tall, but I need some leg room to stretch out my legs because otherwise, the arthritis in my knees starts to, you know, if I can't stretch and move my legs around, yeah, it starts to get to me, and I just no. Uh, yeah, I like some room to stretch out, and I, and I haven't experienced that because yeah, when we uh, both flights they weren't uh, we weren't packed in there by any means, um, and yeah, and I don't know, I'd have to experience modern train or uh, plane travel to see how that uh, how that goes. Um, and I had explored the possibility of maybe flying out to like Salt Lake City because that's uh, where Jeff and Julie are this weekend. That's why we haven't had a, a, a sci-fi tech podcast this week is because uh, they're out there at Nerdtacular. And, um, I would like to go out there sometime. I just don't know about uh, driving. And uh, I had explored that and, you know, flying out there, but uh, kind of the money and, you know, a lot of that stuff. But, you know, maybe someday that's maybe how I'll get out there. Yeah, I, like I said, I I, I want to go to Macworld sometime, uh, but I, I don't know. I looked into uh, Virgin America is one of the airlines that flies out of the Dulles, uh, Washington Dulles, or whatever the hell they want to call it. It's still Dulles Airport to me. Um, that uh, I think first class was almost affordable because it was like $1,100 round trip. Um, I'm not saying that's really affordable because... If you fly regular coach, you can do it for two hundred and some dollars round trip. So it's quite a premium, probably even less than that if you shopped around. But uh, at least with the uh, Virgin America flight, uh, you had a nice wide seat. It wasn't you weren't jammed up against somebody all you know, and it was only two seats wide. It was it was it, it looked to be something I could tolerate where I wouldn't feel like I was in a sardine can and not worry about being in a metal tube rocketing through the sky, hoping not to die. So, <laughs> Yeah, that that would be me, uh, Mr. Calm and Collective, screaming all the way down. So, uh, Well, you know what Bill Cosby said the secret was to that, don't you? If you're in a plane that's going down, just before it hits the ground, you jump up. Yeah, that's going to work, I'm sure. Yeah, that's... It's just like uh, what other the other comedian had the theory that why don't they, the black box always survives? Why don't they make the whole damn plane out of the black box material? <laughs> yeah, I was just uh, while you were talking here, I just wanted to see uh, how much to fly first class from like Sioux Falls to San Francisco uh, would cost. Come on, just give me an answer here. There's no simple answer to this this type of question. No, well, I got to, I got the uh, William Shatner, a negotiator here. Oh, uh, <laughs> you're trying to get San Francisco and Bill Shatner's negotiating. <laughs> sure. Well, according to this, and I just did a quick, you know, off the cuff search here. We're talking over a thousand dollars, depending on which I want to fly. I can go all the way up to thirty two hundred dollars to fly, fly first class out there. You know, if I had the money to do it. I would try to catch one of those long-haul flights that's on its way out or on its way back, one that's coming in from, like, U.K. or someplace and stopping at Dulles and then going on out to San Francisco and get one of those ones that has almost like the little bed, little... It's almost like a train compartment then. You you know, you have a little bed, you have a TV, you have a desk, 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure, why not? That'd be the way to travel. Or, you know, find somebody with a, oh, I don't have any friends that are rich. Uh, well, Kirshen's a pilot, but she only flies small planes. Ooh. So, I don't know. But the uh, I actually have a friend who works for a company that charters their jet. And I think it's 40, I think he said it's 45 or $4,700 an hour to charter the jet that he, and he, I mean, he works for a company that has multiple, but the jet he works on is like forty-five to forty-seven hundred dollars per hour. You know, so if you, it doesn't matter where you're going, you just pay that because it takes if it takes ten hours to get there, forty-seven thousand dollars to. It doesn't well, matter how many people. I mean, as long as it's not over capacity, of course. Well, see, the nice thing is here, um, Clark. Uh, we have built an airport. Well, we expanded the airport a few years ago, and we used to have a. Um, I don't know if anybody's ever heard of the McCain Corporation, but they got food uh, companies all over the world. They had a plant here in town, so they expanded the, when they expanded the airport, they made the runway long enough so corporate jets could land here. And we're only a few blocks from the airport, so we're going to have a corporate jet land here, pick us up, and then take off and fly us anywhere we want. There you go. I, you know, if one of us hits the lottery, we're set. I or a get, couple lotteries. Yeah, and I'll get, <laughs> I'll get the jet, fly up, pick you up, you know. Well, we'll, we'll hit Julie, uh, pick up Julie, and uh, uh, maybe. Uh, well, maybe we'll get uh, convinced Kirshen to upgrade her pilot's license so she could pilot this uh, this junket here. Yeah, and, uh, and we could just fly. Well, actually, we'll be flying north and south a lot as we go west because we'll have a lot of people to pick up. Because I think I'm sure. Because I think I'm probably going to have to go up to New York. I might have to pick up. Well, John Braun usually makes it out there on his own, so I probably have to pick up like uh, Michelle. Uh, probably pick up uh, Steve Stanger, maybe maybe Kenny Lee, you know, a couple of those people, um, you know, maybe uh, Jenna Duffy, you know, pick her up. Then we'll go back down south. I can pick up uh, BJ. Who? Um, then we then flip over, get Tim in Louisiana. Then fly back north, pick up Kershaw. Then go a little west, come over, get you and Julie. Then go down and pick up Mark Shepard. This is going to be up and down. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be a flight controller's nightmare. It could take two days just to complete the flight. Just to get and that uh, see how a thousand dollars. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we're um, better make that two lotteries. Well, you know, whatever it works for us all to get together and fly out together and have have the fun that we're talking about. Oh yeah, well, I, I, Mac list or Mac World is on my uh, my bucket list. I'd like to get out there sometime, and because uh, I'd like to, I would like to meet everybody that I that I met online in person. Because um, it's it's one thing to uh, talk on the internet, but it's another to sit down with a person face to face and have an interaction with them and everything. And, um, and actually, I'm kind of excited. I'm hoping that things work out, and I hope I don't jinx anything. But hopefully, on the way back from Nerdtacular, Jeff and his friend Pierre, uh, Pierre are going to stop here in Clark, and Julie's going to come down from Fargo. So we're, the uh, Sci-Fi Tech Talk crew is going to meet in person for the first time here in Clark. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I got a little worried because earlier this week, because uh, Jeff uh, and Pierre left uh, Ontario, Canada, and they drove out to Salt Lake, and then on their way out there, uh, Jeff had problems with his bike. Something about I think he said the master cylinder on the 
bike uh, broke or something like that, so they kind of limped in the Salt Lake. I'm hoping he'll get it fixed and they'll continue their their trek back because they're going on the way back. They're going to go to Rapid City. Um, I don't know if they're going to what all they're going to hit out there. Maybe Deadwood, some of that. I know they said they wanted to go through the Badlands out there, take the tour through there, and then by the time they get done there, they can travel out and they're going to be passing right through Clark because that's kind of on the way uh, back those guys so they're gonna um they're gonna drive back julie's kind of flowing out to she was out at seattle at the word uh camp uh, conference there and then she's gonna fly in the salt lake she's gonna fly back to fargo but then when she knows when everybody's coming it's just a three-hour jaunt for her she's you know it'll give her an excuse to get on her harley and go out for a ride so she'll drive down here and we're all going to meet uh here at our house and we haven't exactly we want to do something special i don't know if we've actually thought out what it's going to be yet maybe one of those things that we'll all show up and go hey you know let's just do this but i think we may try and record something uh uh special here because i've got my little den down here we're gonna kind of gather around the microphone or we'll figure out something anyway i don't know we'll we'll figure out something because we're also getting kind of close to our uh um i think it's our hundredth episode uh-huh. uh so we're kind of getting to a close to a milestone. If we would have been podcasting every week, but with everybody traveling, Julie having computer problems, uh, we're not. This isn't going to quite be the hundredth episode. But if we'd done it every week, this would have been our. Um, I got to stop check. I'm pretty sure it's our hundredth episode. I uh, we've done so many of these that uh, it's actually gotten to the point where I used to remember everything, but now it's kind of all blending together here. Yeah, uh, I, I'll remember we talked about something on 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 this show, but when we actually did it, it's. A lot of it's like, uh, in the past, we spoke of this. Right. <laughs> and that's the best I can do. Well, the next episode will be the 96th episode, whenever and whatever it is we end up doing. But like I say, that's, our, that's my hope, and I hope it all works out that way. And so just kind of keep your ears tuned to the Sci-Fi Tech Talk and see what we, we turn out there. But Because, um, uh, yeah, we have, uh, like I say, with everybody traveling, we haven't had a, for a couple weeks there. So we've t- taken a bit of a, a break here, but... We're hoping to get something out here soon and get back on track and on schedule again. Yeah, well, the summer does make it tough. You know, I, I was traveling. I mean, it's summertime up here in the United in in this hemisphere in the United States, and I was traveling for vacation. Uh, Mark's, you know, deep into school trying to finish up, so it's made it tough. Uh, you know, to sync up schedules. And as we record this, this is uh, July third, two thousand fourteen. Uh, so we're just prior to uh, the American Fourth uh, of July or Independence Day holiday, uh, which you might be able to hear some fireworks in the background because occasionally my neighbors jump the gun a little bit and uh, dive into the pyrotechnics uh, a little bit early. So, um, well, you see, you- in South Dakota, fireworks go on sale. I think June thirtieth, and you can shoot them all the way through. Oh. I forget what it is, uh, maybe the 6th or 7th of July, depending upon, you know, if it's a weekend or whatever. So we can have like a week of fireworks here. And the other night we were trying to go to sleep and <clears throat> some person uh, was shooting off fireworks at night here. It wasn't too bad. They didn't do it a lot. And it, if the, and it was it sounded more like bottle rockets than anything. But uh, they were shooting off some here in town. So they've uh, some people have already started. But um, I kind of call the... Fourth of July, kind of a redneck Christmas. Um, well, it's my second favorite holiday after Christmas. <laughs> I, I, I freely admit that. Well, because you know, for a bunch of rednecks, it's kind of like, wow, we get we get things that blow up and we get beer. All right, and you know, there'll be things like um, 
you know, questionable decisions like, hey, Bubba, what do you think will happen if we put like three cherry bombs in a pop can and then stand on? I don't know, Clem. Let's find out. And, you know, that's how uh, uh, Clem got to be known as Three Toes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's very true. You know, it's funny. Fire. I've always loved to set off fireworks. Um, the one thing, and I used to buy the great big stuff. Now, in Virginia, I'll clarify this for people. Fireworks are uh, Class C fireworks, if I remember the classes right, are legal year-round. You, you can ha- buy them and set them off year-round. There's nothing great about it. This is the fountains and stuff that doesn't go up higher than about 15 or 20 feet in the air. You know, it's nothing huge. That's legal year-round. And that's legal, and that's it. I mean, there isn't anything else you can do. The stuff that actually flies up in the air, the bottle rockets, firecrackers, uh, Roman candles, uh, the big mortars that people can buy that launch into the air, uh, all go, you know, that's all illegal stuff. Now, you don't see much of that any other time of year, but around the 4th of July, you know, I set off my fireworks, and I buy legal fireworks. I don't, because I'm too old and too slow to run away from the big stuff anymore, and I really don't feel like being hassled by the law, but because I have been caught many times with illegal fireworks, but we won't go into that. <laughs> um, but um, but the neighborhood around me just lights up, so we don't generally have to go very far to see a professional quality fireworks go off. They're usually you know within a block or two of the house that I can see this stuff go up, and it's it's it. This is the stuff that's so big that you hear the the whoop when it launches as it flies up in the air and then goes off. Well, and you see where we're at here, Clarks is a small town, 1,200 people. So they shoot the um, fireworks off at the golf course, which is across the street from our house here. Uh, So we have a front row seat to the citywide fireworks. So we can, uh, uh, sometimes we've uh, sat in the backyard, although there's, few of the neighbor's trees are kind of in the way, but we might walk across the road if the stupid mosquitoes don't eat us first. But uh, we can just go across the road and sit there, and we can, uh, we're just got a front row seat to the fireworks there. So we're not too far away, so we get a pretty good show. And it's been oh, a number of years since I've done any sort of fireworks. I think the last ones we did was uh, the kids had some sparklers uh, that we, and those were probably some old sparklers. Uh, so we kind of lit them up and did a few of those. Uh, yeah, we haven't done it uh, so much back when i was a kid on the farm we would get a bunch of bottle rockets and probably some of the fountains and a few of those and set them off we always had to be careful because uh sometimes they get pretty dry out there so we had to make sure we didn't set anything on fire and we never did but we, we always tried to be reasonably careful about it and um yes yeah, so we used to have some fun as uh, out in the farm we'd try to like you know tie some bottle rockets together and see how high we can get them to go or you know we do a few stupid things but i you know never took off any fingers or you know blew up anything like that but there's, we probably did one or two stupid things well now i made my annual trek up to um there's a company if if you go to fireworks.com folks it's a company called phantom fireworks uh they're nationwide they have stores all across the country uh, and they sell everything, everything under the sun. The closest store to me is in an area called Breezewood, Pennsylvania. Uh, and I drive up there every year, and I am a Premier Club, I think I'm Premier Club membership status now, uh, of the of the uh, fireworks club up there. And that means that I have the buy one, get one free year-round thing. So any item I buy, if it's 
uh, $29.99 item, I can pick up any other item in the store for $29.99. You know, so I get, it's a buy one, get one free. So yesterday, uh, I took my son, we went up there, and this is like a small grocery store that's nothing but fireworks. I mean, nothing but fireworks. They have two or three aisles that are just different types of fountains. They have aisles that are nothing but different types of bottle rockets. They have aisles that are nothing but different types of Roman candles. They have <laughs> then they have the mortars, the the thing, and they they by the weight of the mortar, two hundred gram, five hundred gram loads. You know, it's <laughs> the amount of gunpowder in the thing. It's it gets quite. They have a, a one assortment up there. It's called the I think it's called the divorce assortment, or call a lawyer. It's a fifteen hundred dollar assortment. That it would take my pickup truck to haul. <laughs> I mean, it's this thing is huge. And if, if, again, folks, go to fireworks.com and look for assortments. It's called the divorce or get call the attorney or something like that assortment. And it's it's unbelievable. But again, all that stuff and that thing is illegal for me to set off around here. And again, I'm too slow. But uh, I picked up a, a good bit of fireworks uh, when we were up there. I we have gone up there and left. Me and my buddy, who usually goes up with me, we have left there with as much as $1,500 worth of fireworks in the back of my truck to drive home. Now, I've never gone that uh, far. I <laughs> buy a bunch of bottle rockets. Yeah, we know, I've never gotten that carried with uh, the, the, the neighbor kid while well, he's now graduated and off um, at school somewhere, although I think he's home. But he would buy a bunch of stuff and set them off, and we just live vicariously through him or sometimes swore at him when we were trying to go to sleep at night. But, uh, um, yeah, he would set off a lot of stuff over there, and so we just kind of watch them set it off, and which is cheaper for us. But uh, it, it's been a number of years since I bought much for fireworks. Well, the stuff I buy, like the, the these huge fountains that I buy, some of these things have a burn time of like two or two and a half minutes, which is great. You light this thing, then you step back, and I can sit down and actually watch the <laughs> thing go before I have to worry about getting up and going out to set off, you know, light something, light the next item. So it's I, that's the kind of stuff I like to do, and, and like I said, with the buy one get one free, I had a grocery cart pretty full of fireworks when I left there yesterday. I mean, not a tremendous amount of items, but I mean, I had some stuff that would be the equivalent of about that one big fountain that I bought. Think of uh, three and a half, maybe four large cans of coffee all stuck together. <laughs> It's, it's one of these fountains that I bought up there. So, you know, it's it, but I enjoy it. Fireworks has always been a thing for me. When I was a kid, I did the quote unquote neighborhood display because I was the one that I would save money all year long from working. And I would spend, even back then, I was spending like $100 a year. And that was a huge amount of money to spend. You know, we're talking the early 70s. That mm -hmm. was a tremendous amount of money to spend on fireworks. But I'd have enough stuff laid out. I'd plan for two or three days ahead of time. I'd have it all spread out on my bed uh, to set off that night. I had my display all planned out. I'd have like three or four, five, six gross of bottle rockets. I'd have, you know, I had all these fountains and mortars and stuff. And it got to the point where, and, and the, back then the, the police, even though the stuff was illegal, they were pretty cool about it. As long as you only did it on the 4th of July, they kind of looked the other way. You know, they didn't really say much. Now, if I was a little early or a little after, eh, they got a little crappy about that. 
which uh, you know, fair's fair. I'm good with that. Hmm. So, but we but we did that, and uh, we used to have a big picnic, like a block party, and everybody'd come down to our house, and we'd have all the picnic tables, drag them in from all the neighbors' yards, and cook out. We have we'd have a good old time, and I'd set off fireworks, kill part of my mother's yard, uh, set my shoe on fire a couple times. Um, yeah, just so, different things like that. So what you're saying is you're a fireworks geek. Yes, I do love fireworks. I I have experimented. I've actually considered a a trying to get a pyrotechnic license so I could be legally buy the bigger stuff. If but I don't still don't have a place to set it off because it's too close in my subdivision where I live to to safely set that kind of stuff off. Now I'm just picturing picturing you in an Uncle Sam outfit with the sparklers and the hat and everything. I. Believe me, I thought about. It. I actually bought a new T-shirt for the Fourth of July to wear tomorrow. I've been saving it back to wear. So, uh, uh, yeah, I've I very much get into the Fourth of July. I used to actually, when I was a kid, we found these people that made uh, what we called quarter sticks of dynamite that we used to buy. Mm-hmm. These things were huge. I set one of these off in the yard, not knowing what all it would do. It killed. It blew the grass and killed a spot in my mother's yard about the size of a hubcap. And the, it couldn't get the grass to grow back for two or three months. I, I, no matter what it did, the grass just would not grow back there. I don't know what it was. And we used to take these things and make bottle rockets out of them. We'd get a, we would take a, uh, a, a, a dowel rod, pretty thick dowel rod, I think like a quarter to three-eighths inch dowel rod, get a model rocket engine, you know what I'm talking about, right? and drill through the, the parachute stage on the engine. And important tip, folks, don't use a power drill to drill through the parachute stage because you want low revolutions and do it very slow. You don't want it to get hot. Uh, anyway, and then we would tape it. We'd you know, duct tape it to the dowel rod, then put the quarter stick of dynamite on it, and then launch this thing into the air. And this thing would go up so high, and then it would ignite these quarter sticks that we buy, and it would go off. They were so high up in the air that you'd see the explosion, it would take about a second and a half to hear the explosion. <laughs> okay, first of all, I think the Taliban wants to uh, get a hold of you, and probably the F- uh, FAA. Uh, yeah, we, we did some stupid... Well, that's just like, we got the bright idea one year with these things, to light them and launch them out of the slingshot. So I grabbed the slingshot, and I pulled it back, and I got the quarter stick of dynamite three inches from my head. <laughs> my buddy lights it. And I'm sitting there going, I have this huge explosive device three inches from my head. And I let it go and freaked out because he said, you let it go too soon. And it flew over and went down in this like uh, irrigation pond in the middle of a uh, cornfield, which was scummy, scum-covered water and all that stuff. And he started cussing me up one side and down the other. And all of a sudden, boom, this thing went off. And pond scum and water went everywhere. And we started laughing, and we ran back up to his house, and his dad's standing on the front porch. What the hell have you all done? (laughs) He saw the water spout (laughs) from the front porch of the house. Good thing there wasn't any fish in there. You would have uh, had fish to eat for quite a while. Yeah, it was. But, yeah, we used to do stuff. And I can remember as a kid, too, we'd have bottle rockets. You know, everybody has bottle rockets when you're a kid. We'd, we'd be standing there in a group of us, and you wouldn't know somebody had one. And uh, 
they'd break the stick off of it and quietly get rid of the stick and then light it and drop it in the middle of the crowd and everybody would <laughs> run. And then they're walking around going, what? Huh? Oh, yeah. I've had I've had uh, plenty of stuff go off in my hand like that. I had a whole pack of firecrackers. We were riding around one night lighting them and throwing them out the window. Well, I lit a pack, threw it in a bag, and went to throw the bag out the window. Window was rolled up. <laughs> they went off inside my friend's car. So popcorn and firecracker paper went everywhere. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Good thing you didn't have a can of gas or something in there. That could have been a real fun time. Yeah, we did some stupid stuff. But, yes, I am a fireworks geek. I, I do I do enjoy fireworks. I will go over Hell and Half Acre. Actually, the public display for the city is tonight, but they've moved the display downtown because they've mixed it in with the old town stuff, trying to get people to come into old town for the restaurants and all this other stuff. But, I mean, it was crowded enough when they used to have it out at the park on the edge of town. But to go in the middle of downtown Winchester now, uh-uh, no thank you. That's too many people. And there's no good place to sit because you got buildings. Not that Winchester has tall buildings. You know, three, four, five stories are all we have around here. So, but yeah, too much for me. So I'm not doing any public displays this year. I'll just have my own little mm. uh, brouhaha. Matter of fact, that's the name of one of the fountains I have, the brouhaha, um, tomorrow night. So, And I, I think we, um, for the, because uh, I've never been, uh, our the the big town around here, Watertown, about thirty miles away. They're gonna have uh, they they have their display every year. I've never been there, and so that's where my uh, wife's mom lives, and her sister and brother in law are gonna be up there. So we thought we'd go up there uh, tomorrow night and watch their fireworks display and see what it's like. Yeah, now we'll be able to see. Actually, where I live, I can see a couple of the neighboring towns. I'll see part of their display. You know, not the whole thing. Uh, so, like I said, with all the neighbors around here that go out and buy this huge, these huge fireworks that I wouldn't buy, um, you know, $100 for one item, uh, they're, they're going to buy this stuff. And I'll just enjoy watching the stuff. But now it has been a little dry around here. We did get some rain today, so fingers crossed. I think I'll keep the garden hose handy. <laughs> uh, that's always a good plan. And check your roofs for falling embers and all that good stuff. Yeah. Well, now I... Now, I don't know that that's I've, I've talked to I have friends that live out in the Kansas City area and apparently out there a lot of those people and I'm not talking about Mark Shepard but a lot of those people out there have wooden shingle roofs where that would be a real problem around here we have asphalt shingles on our roofs what do you guys have well we have asphalt well some of the buildings on the farm used before they all fell down they used to have uh, wood shingles on there so we had to be kind of careful but I mean even if you have some uh, uh, like leave build up in a uh, eve or something, and they uh, something would fall in, down in there and light on fire. So even if you got asphalt shingles, just any kindling around is fair game. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I keep a I keep a close eye out for everything like that, and usually everybody finishes up around you know ten thirty or so. So and we're gonna have a cookout. Some of the family's coming over, and uh, you know we we'll have a cookout we'll around five, eat around five or five thirty, and then. Uh, We'll have at the fireworks starting probably about 8, 8.15. I'll let the kids go out and start doing sparklers and morning glories and the popper things that they enjoy so much. And uh, and then it will work into the hard stuff. Do I do any snakes? No, I don't do snakes anymore. 
They're kind of messy. They're messy as hell. I actually <laughs> have been tempted. I don't know if Phantom still sells it. They sold what they called the giant snake. It was, you know what the snake tablets are like. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about. But this thing was, I think, a foot in diameter or a foot and a half in diameter. It was a huge one. <laughs> and you talk about a mess that that would make. I, I can only imagine, but I'm not willing to pay for it to, to see the mess it's going to make. No, that's true. I just feel like now uh, now I'm having flashbacks. I should just walk around because now I'm remembering the smell of all that stuff. And I should just start walking around and, and smelling things. <laughs> Yes, the smell of is it cord? I guess it's technically cordite and gunpowder. So, okay. Uh, so, so yeah, it's nothing like this. What is that movie from? Nothing like the smell of gunpowder in the morning. You know, no apocalypse. No. Uh, yes, that's it. Uh, was it gunpowder? No, what was it? Uh, no napalm. Nothing like the smell Na- of napalm in the morning. Yes. So uh, sometimes I use that line around school. Sometimes you know, nothing like the smell of wax in the morning. Smells like success. Yeah, there you go. But uh, in my business, we have another smell that, that uh, <laughs> smells like success. But that, uh, but yeah, I'll have, and then I'll have a royal mess to clean up uh, Saturday morning with all the spent fireworks and everything to clean up and bag up and haul off to the dump. So, well, hopefully you won't have any repairs you got to do around the house then. So, no, fortunately, I have not had to do anything like that in recent years. Uh, you know, it's usually raking up all the pieces of plastic from stuff that's shot out of things. You know, occasionally you'll get a fountain that'll go wild. I had one fountain that launched itself into the air. The bottom blew out and it launched itself into the air about, oh, 15 or 20 feet. <laughs> then went sideways. But, I mean, you know, that's, that was just a misfire. It was just a bad a bad firework. So, um, and and my, my family has respect. They know I'm safe with them. I don't, I don't do risky stuff. Uh, you know, not like I used to. I mean, we used to when I was younger too. Fourth of July was the best excuse to play army because you had firecrackers, you had smoke bombs. You know, it was the greatest thing in the world. We throw smoke bombs at each other, and you know, have smoke screens, firecrackers, lob them over at the other guys, and you know, all these kinds of things. So you had bottle rockets you could launch at people. You know, just the, mm. just the kind of fun stuff that kids do. Friendly warfare. There you go. There you go. You know, friendly fire is what the <laughs> is what they would term. That. <laughs> mm, okay. So, uh, but yeah, it was interesting. So, we you know we've talked a lot about the stuff I was talking about. You had something you wanted to talk about, Mike. Well, yeah, I did. Um, I kind of called it geek repair. Um, well, you know, like I said, we alluded to the fact that I'm Scotch, not only in origin but also in the fact that I don't like to spend a lot of money. And uh, we've got a, a 2010 Chevy Equinox. And it's got one of those, uh, the key fob deals, like a lot of modern cars do. And this is the fancy one. I kind of like it. It's kind of neat. It's got, uh, it's like a switchblade. Yeah, I like that. Uh, but this one's got the, the keys built into it. So it's kind of like a switchblade. You push the button and the, the key will flip out. And it's one of those laser etch keys. So uh, it's one of the expensive ones. And you put it in there. Well, and so the, the key and the fob is all in one unit there. And, and it's a nice thing. And I like it because it's also got like a remote start on it. So up here in the frigid winter, you can start your car from inside the house and let it warm up before you go to work. Or you're at work and let it uh, warm up a little bit before you get in there to go home. But the thing was, it had a rubber membrane over the top of it. And I carry it in my pocket. Uh, I'm not one of those people that will bring their car keys and leave them somewhere. i got to have them, you know, in... On uh, my in my vicinity, vicinity uh, you know, in my possession somewhere, like in my pants pocket. And um, 
I'm a, a farmer at heart, so I always carried lots of things in my pocket. And so I, uh, at one time, I had uh, the keys for um, our Equino- uh, Equinox and the uh, our Toyota van and the uh, kids' uh, van and uh, vehicle. And so I had a, a whole lot of keys in there. Well, carrying all those keys around damaged that membrane on that uh, Chevy Equinox key. And it got to the point where... Um, uh, the membrane was gone away, and you just saw these holes, uh, and you could look down and see the uh, the circuit board with all the little switches in there where the uh, buttons were supposed to go that you were pressed to operate everything. So it got to the point where you, unless you took like a pencil or something and down through the holes and pushed the little switches, you weren't going to make this thing work because all the buttons were gone. Um and to replace the whole key is like $110. And you couldn't just go out and buy the little rubber membrane in there because I searched the Internet. You could find little covers that would go over it. But at this point, they were so far uh, so far damaged, the little cover wasn't going to do much good. And I didn't want to spend that kind of money just to replace the key. So I did some searching around and did uh, and, uh, started doing some investigating. And um, I came across this stuff called Suguru. Um, which for people who don't know, it's a self-setting rubber compound. And it uh, comes in little packets like, they, uh, well, they're the same size as little ketchup or mustard packets that you get at, at a uh, 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 restaurant. Uh, and it's got, um, let's see, I think it's five grams of uh, Suguru in there. Well, so I got to looking at that, and uh, what I ended up doing was I had to sacrifice a calculator uh, to make this all work. Uh, because I needed buttons, because the, the little the the buttons that went underneath the membrane to press the switches, they they had gotten lost along the way. It fell out my pocket or something. So I needed something to go there. So I took a calculator, and the keys are just about the right size. <clears throat> I had to whittle them down a little bit to get them down, but they fit in there fairly good. Uh, and I turned them upside down, so they pressed down on the switch. And then I took this uh, Suguru, uh, and I put it over the top where that rubber membrane used to go. And I just kind of molded it, and it, it molds easy. And uh, so I kind of worked it around, made it look kind of semi-professional. And um, I got it all to work in there, and I kind of uh, made – I tried to make it look like the uh, the old key used to. Uh, except this is white. I guess I could have gotten, they have it in different colors. I guess I could have gotten black, but I just decided to get white uh, just because. And so I molded it in there and I kind of put the uh, marked in there the way the keys used to be. And I was pretty good up to that point, but then I decided that I was going to try and, well, I kind of engraved in there the symbols that was on the old key. That was fine. But then I tried to color the keys in and I think I lost uh, points for my artwork there. Uh, but I, I did all that. And so basically... I ended up spending, well, it was $12 to get three packages of this uh, Suguru stuff, and I only ended up using one. Um, and the nice thing was I got it through Amazon, and with my Amazon credit card, I already had some points there, so basically it ended up costing me nothing to get the stuff. But I uh, did, uh, and I put, oh, I suppose by the time all was said and done, probably about an hour and a half worth of work into this. And I ended up with something that's not too bad. The buttons push a little harder than what the rubber membrane would. You kind of have to press on a little harder. And I was a little worried that by putting those uh, calculator keys in there and putting this stuff over top, that it might just keep continuously pressing down on that switch so that it wouldn't work. But it seems to have, uh, the spring in there seems to be strong enough that it pushes it back up. 
so everything seems to work pretty good. And so now I have a nice functional key again. It doesn't look too bad. And this um, Suguru stuff seems to be a little, looks to be a little sturdier than the, that rubber membrane that they had on. I've got it in my pants pocket. We'll see how well it does uh, in there. But so far, it's been holding up pretty good. You know, Suguru, uh, over the years, I've mentioned before, Lifehacker being one of my favorite sites to read, they have a ton of things about doing Suguru. Like, uh, if you don't want your wooden chairs to scratch up your hardwood floors, dip the ends of the legs in Suguru, so then you just have, like, a little rubber coating on them. Um, Tools that don't have uh, plastic grips or, you know, just a metal grip or something like that, dipping you know the ends of the the handle of a pair of pliers or even a screwdriver or something like that into it you know to give you more grip Suguru is some great stuff i've thought about and it comes in multiple colors and stuff like that oh you got it on a lightning cable there too yeah, because I noticed on Twitter this week, and I didn't pipe up, um, but Timothy uh, Gregoire and uh, Dave Hamilton, and I don't remember who else was in the conversation, they were talking about uh, lightning cables uh, fraying and what you do, and they were getting uh, shrink wrap and putting on there to kind of reinforce the cables a little bit. And this one was starting to, the insulation was starting to pull apart. The, and I should have extended this up just a little bit further all the way up onto the cable. And I do have some stuff left. I could go put it on there and uh, kind of, reinforce it all the way but yeah because the lightning cable is starting to come apart there so i did that where i pull it off all the time and that seems to have made it a lot a uh, lot better because at uh was it uh 15 20 a pop for a lightning cable you don't want to be replacing them all the time uh, uh of course i, I mono price before everybody yells you can get them but I OWC has them. Usually, if you buy the, if you don't care about the packaging, they come in. They're actually Apple cables. I catch them on sale every few months if I want some for around nine dollars. That's not too bad. And what I've actually been look, trying to find, well, they got them on Amazon. I just don't know if I want to do it or not. They've got some retractable ones so that it would fit down into a small package. Because what I need sometimes, <clears throat> I don't need the uh, the three-foot ones or anything like that or even the longer ones. I just need something short so that I can plug it into my battery pack uh, and charge it up that way, ideally with that that pouch that I carry all the time, that little carpenter's pouch. There's two slots in there. I've got that... Uh, that Rav Power in there, which is the uh, that uh, it, MiFi or not MiFi, but the uh, like you were talking about. It's got the uh, uh, power uh, charger. It's got the charger, but then it's also got an SD slot and a USB port yeah. in there. So I carry that with me, and I it, but it also it's also will also act like a battery. So I could tuck that in there, tuck my iPhone into the next pocket there, and I just need a short like six six inch cable that would go from one to the other, so I can charge it up while I'm carrying it around. Um, I just don't need a very long one, and I also don't again don't want to be spending a lot of money on it. But because uh, lightning cables, even if, you know, they're not uh, I you know. I think we kind of mentioned before we wished Apple would have done a few things like, A, put an SD card slot in the phone, although we know they're not going to do it. And I kind of wish they would use the, at least for charging, it would be nice if they had the standard micro USB port or mini, whichever. I think it's micro. I always get the two confused. But a standard one with, because I got lots of those cables laying around, but. Yeah, I guess there's advantages to using the lightning cables, but it's also a priority thing, and they can charge more, and they do. 
Well, the the one thing about the lightning cable is, and people used to complain about this with the 30-pin cables, you, know, you had to put them in the right way, they yep. upside and downside. In USB, it's the same way. Well, the lightning cable, either way, doesn't make any difference. It's the same either way. So there's something to be said for that. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah, proprietary stuff is a, a bit of a pain in the butt, but I've given up on that. That ship has sailed. <laughs> and I'm off that one. I'm, I'm moving on down the road. Yeah, I've kind of given up. And I say that, I do like the part because um, I've got that um, Amazon Fire tablet, and I go to plug that in, and their port is in kind of a weird place, kind of in the corner. And it kind of comes, it doesn't come straight out. It kind of comes up at a bit of an angle. And so I kind of have to have a light to see what I'm doing to make sure I get the plug oriented the right direction and I get it plugged in. That can be a bit of a hassle, but my iPad um, or my iPhone, I can just... uh, Oh yeah, there's the hole. Slap it in. I could do it in the dark. I don't have to, uh, you know, look to see what I'm doing. As long as I get everything kind of lined up, it just fits together. Yeah, that does make it nice. And and speaking of fits together, that might be the appropriate place for us to call it to an end this week's show. We've been going for a little over an hour now, and you know, people might want to go out and watch their fireworks, and maybe they want to watch their neighbors blow themselves up or something <laughs> like that. So, I I don't know. Uh, yeah, or you know, or go up and go out and blow up your neighbor. Well, you know, let's all live in peace and harmony, people, and let's you know celebrate the fact that we're uh, you know we have freedom in this country that we may not necessarily like everybody, but we have the freedom to be who we are and do what we want and um, to celebrate the way we want and just you know uh, respect one another and celebrate our freedom uh, to express ourselves the way we feel fit. That's true. And uh, we wish everybody a very happy and safe 4th of July. You'll probably actually hear this after the 4th. So uh, we hope we still have the same number of listeners at that point as we had prior to the 4th. Or the same number of fingers. And they all have the same number of fingers as well. So uh, be careful out there. Be safe. And uh, uh, we hope to get you back. So, Mike, why don't you tell the listeners where they can find you and uh, what you might be up to. Well, occasionally I tweet things out on Twitter because I, uh, I I put out those photos of my repair project on Twitter. So every once in a while I do post something interesting there. But uh, you can find me there at DSC Chipman. And as I mentioned before, uh, there's the Sci-Fi Tech Talk podcast with Jeff and Julie. And you can find that at SciFiTechTalk.com. And occasionally I do a few other things too. And I have those at my About.me uh, page at About.me slash Mike McPeak. That's M-C-P-E-E-K. That's wonderful, and uh, you can find me on the Twitters every now and then. Uh, I'm doing a little bit more as I I have peaks and valleys recently. Uh, It's uh, uh, twitter.com forward slash B-I-G underscore I-N underscore V-A, or if you go over to the about.me page forward slash Kevin Alder. Uh, If you want to find out more about the show, uh, please go over to geekiestshowever.com, and you can catch up with our show notes and stuff there. Uh, Review in iTunes would be great. Uh, we appreciate that. It helps us get seen by, uh, you know, move up the rankings. Not that we're ever going to be that high in the rankings, but it's always nice to pick up new listeners from now, from time to time. So uh, I think that kind of covers it up, if, or kind of covers it, covers it up. Jeez. <laughs> Tongue-tied tonight. We're all excited about the 4th of July tomorrow. Oh, and don't forget to watch the big hot dog eating contest. That's always a favorite of mine on the 4th of July. So uh, that's on ESPN because it is a sport, folks. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so uh, 
please be safe and have a safe and sane uh, 4th of July. I uh, hope you have a great time. Enjoy the long weekend. I'm sure a lot of our listeners are getting a long weekend out of it since it's a Friday here in the United, in the United States. Uh, for everybody else, our international crowd, I hope you just had a great Friday. So uh, take care, and we'll catch up with you next week. And uh, please remember, between now and next week, don't forget to hug a geek. Hi everyone, this is Gaz from the MyMac.com podcast, and I'm here with that big yank tank guy. Hey, you nitwit Brit. Did you know the MyMac.com podcast is one of the longest-running Mac podcasts out there? I did know that. Why do you think that is? I think it's because we bring a blend of tech and entertainment that no other show can do. I thought it was because one of us is incredibly handsome. (laughs) Well, thanks, Gaz. I do try to look my best. Yes, guy. Of course. But how can people find the podcast? Well, they should just go to iTunes and do a podcast search for MyMac.com. So subscribe and get your weekly dose of tech fun. Wait, I I thought I was the handsome one. Yeah, you just keep thinking that and we'll be all right. (laughs) 